Welcome to episode 35 of Expanding Beyond. Um, it is Halloween today, so that's why Monica has this spooky sound. <laughs> and not because she forgot some of her, her gear. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's because I didn't have any candies, so this was the trick that played on me. I forgot my mic. Well, it's not the mic. I forgot the adapter because I'm cat sitting, and so I don't have all my gear. I'm I'm so sorry, Evgeny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's gonna be kind of fine. Let's see how much of the cats we will be hearing in the background. Yes. <laughs> all right. So on my side, uh, one of the the things that changed recently is actually my one on ones with my manager. Who's mm -hmm. probably listening right now? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of, we had uh, biweekly one-on-ones, which I guess is fine. And then he decided to switch it to I don't know what I always hear from various podcasts, and everyone says how great it is to basically weekly one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. In the past, I had tried that as well to sort of ask my when I was a manager if people wanted that and sort of no one wanted to <laughs> do it every week. Okay. I, I guess I wasn't, I was asking and not telling people that we're changing it. I don't know, mm -hmm. uh, but that's a bit beside the point. Yeah. So it's like a half an hour every week where we sort of talk about stuff. And surprisingly that actually made, made a difference. Um, and it's, I find it somehow I have more things to talk about when it's every Interesting. week. Interesting. Because it's like stuff has happened right in the last few days so you can remember and it's not like two weeks and the thing you wanted to talk about is like almost two weeks ago uh it's so long ago i, I have a not question fully know anymore yeah what do you talk in your one-on-ones about so we've basically anything coming up right so from my side there's something sometimes there's stuff about the team mm -hmm. sometimes just i need someone to complain to <laughs> That's an important part of one-on-ones. Or, I don't know, get feedback or sort of uh, be a sounding board and how, uh, how to, to react to stuff. But sometimes it's also the other way around, right? Where we talk about other people on the team from his side and how mm -hmm. he wants my input and stuff. And I guess then the half hour is normally just over anyway. So it goes pretty okay. fast normally. That's interesting. From what you tell me, you touch almost all the topics that uh, are supposed to be touched in uh, in weeklies, uh, one-on-ones, or in one-on-ones in general. And yeah, definitely the, the literature out there says that the best you can do is, I mean, with these things, take everything with a grain of salt, but every week between half an hour and one hour, where one hour is even slightly better because you can actually go deep in topics. I was curious because again, in the literature, the recommendation is that the one-on-ones are not for the manager. It's a tool that the manager can use and should use for um, really having the pulse of the team and getting to know the people as people. So really like as human beings. The third important part is that of using this one-on-ones and potentially other sessions specifically uh, around that to talk about the person's development plan. Uh, give this, I mean, feedback and uh, actually any kind of feedback is really 
there to nudge. Uh, it's it's this topic of continuous feedback because mm -hmm. um, yes, most of the companies still have this more formal performance review kind of thing. But again, the best you can do is course correct while you are running, right? Uh, as you said, having things said as close as possible to the event that uh, triggers the the feedback, any kind of feedback. Yeah, it's kind of kind of problematic. It's when it's yeah. like performance review at the end of the year, and you talk about stuff that's like happened in February the year before. Something yes. that's pretty useless in the end. I mean, humans forget. It's very, very easy to to forget. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I mean, it's mo mostly right. I get to talk about my stuff first, mm -hmm. and then when there's time, we sort of switch around. Yeah. Sort of, I would say there's a clear <laughs> uh, sort of order to what is more important most of the yes. time. Yes, I guess yeah, that's, that's true. Good. I mean, it depends a lot on the person. But as a manager, you, you really should try and um, make people have a weekly one-on-ones with you <laughs> and spend time with you. Because partially the reason why people don't speak that much uh, in one-on-ones uh, in is because they don't really know you or they don't feel completely at ease. They might be okay around you, but it's it takes a very long time to get to... Uh, an actual trust relationship. So uh, those one-on-ones are time and space that you dedicate to build that kind of relationship explicitly uh, on that. So it's a, it's a very, very powerful tool. I mean, I'm a big fan of them because I've seen the effect that those had on me and my former manager. Back when we were in the office, we would spend at least one hour, if actually not more, just bumping into each other in the corridors and spending hours talking about X, Y, or Z. And we were talking really about everything. So that was, um, that I think it's what in the end allowed us to really, you know, have that feeling, or at least that's how I felt uh, about uh, me and, and him, that feeling of, actually being a team. And, um, I felt that I knew that I could do things without double checking and vice versa. I felt that I knew what he was doing, not consciously all the time, but I had a good, good signal. You know, this, this thing that they tell about, uh, people having each other's back and, uh, proceeding in the dark without actually always checking back if the other person is there. That was the, my, my feeling after, after a while. Yeah. Here sort of the complication in my company is a bit that my manager is basically responsible for the developers in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also have a, a second manager on that level who is responsible for the developers in Poland. Okay. But also they are sort of divided up the teams who is then responsible for the team. For me, that is not the same person. And it's sometimes a bit, mm. a bit, I mean, I, I feel now that we do the one-on-ones every week. This is sort of, I somehow talk about more stuff there as well. Uh, but at least in the past, I sort of always wondered how much, how useful that is to sort of have this divide where the, the other person you're talking to is not necessarily 
doesn't necessarily know about all the details of what's going on because they're also not the manager of everyone on the team. So mm. I don't know. Yeah, I've been there. I think it maybe it's also because I was much younger and far less experienced than, than I am now because it was at the very beginning of my career as a manager. But definitely how effective I felt when, when I was uh, managing people that weren't directly in my day-to-day it was much, much harder. It, it, it was definitely less effective. I couldn't, I didn't know at that time how to, uh, how to really act probably. Mm-hmm. So maybe now I would do things differently, but it's, um, for at this moment in time, my belief is that if you lead a team, you have to be boots on the ground. That's, there's no other way around it. That's one of the reasons why it becomes much harder to become lead of leads um, because you literally cannot be in the room with your people because each one of them has their own room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it becomes more of a managing upward and, and across and coaching your people than uh, actually man- actively managing them. It becomes even more this gardening uh, so that they have the right environment instead of uh, acting directly on uh, what they do uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, speaking of that, I actually also have, I don't know what the actual schedule is because they have uh, appear randomly in my calendar. I have, actually have <laughs> one-on-ones with the sort of uh, the next person up. So basically the CTO sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's very good sign. That's a very good sign. And somehow, somehow, sometimes it feels, I don't know if it is actually the case, but somehow that at that level, it's sometimes easier to discuss stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it is sort of, because he's then sort of the boss of both of them. And he, I sort of, I don't know, maybe because I feel that he basically is in the know of everything. I don't know. Plus you're of course talking about not the nitty gritty details of what's happening day to day, but more of the, how yes. do you feel? is stuff going into the right direction and stuff like that. That's good. This is exactly the reason why, as usual, one of my thousand slacks, uh, it's, uh, there's, there was this conversation around this. This is why they, the recommendation for lead of leads is not only that of having one-on-ones with your direct reports. So the leads of your, of your teams, but also to have regularly skip level one-on-ones. Um, because it's, as always, it depends on the person and depends on the environment, but, uh, assuming good intent, the point is that you want to make sure that you have as much information as possible to actually coach your, uh, your people, uh, the right way. And you want to make sure that you, as the head of the organization, you have a pulse of the, of the situation you get that kind of information. It's like, are we going in the right direction? What do people think? Uh, because usually with your uh, report, you're going to talk about that. Specific- of course, you're going to also going to talk where are we heading, but it's very different. The kind of information that trickles a different level of the organization. So in order to make sure that all the pieces are moving at the same beat, it's, uh, it's highly recommended. And, and sort of as a, as, as a, I don't know, in air quotes, just as a developer, it's also so nice to feel that 
your opinion is valued if it comes mm-hmm. to sort of strategic decisions and you can sort of at least to a tiny bit have some influence on on where this is all going that is a big part of uh, what makes people stick with uh, with a company that your opinion is valued that you are um You don't usually expect that your opinion is the one that counts or, you know, tip the scale in a certain direction, but at least there's someone listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the, the, my one-on-one story for this, mm-hmm. for this episode. Um, it sort of probably ties into what I would guess 90% of our listeners are doing um, <laughs> <laughs> right now at this time, which is, well, in our case, it's. 360 reviews I, it's not necessarily performance reviews because as far as I have heard this is sort of going to be split up um, so for starting from now on 360 reviews will happen basically every quarter here in this company every quarter yes okay sort of last uh, last so, year they, they sort of <laughs> yeah I mean last year they sort of apparently tied it together with the complete performance review mm. and stuff. And they said, yeah, end of the year is for a B2B business, of course, very, very busy. Yeah. And then you're gonna do a performance review, 360 reviews and all that stuff at the yeah. basically busiest time of the year. And so they thought, let's decouple that a bit. Uh, those 360 reviews, they can then apparently count as data points to the, to the performance review that's still at the end of the year. Plus going forward, you will, I mean, they exactly said that people forget, how can you do a performance review for stuff that's happened a year ago, right? So the plan is to say, we will get, I don't know, at the end of next year, there will be like four performance reviews, uh, four 360 reviews you can sort of draw. I have an upon. opinion. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe we can sort of define 360 reviews also yes. quickly. So, so the way I understand them, it's like you ask your peers somewhat anonymously to give you a review instead that of consists of that consists of stuff you've done well and stuff you could do better mm-hmm. is sort of my understanding. Yeah. That's, that's also what I, uh, what I witnessed and what I, what I learned by as always reading here and there in general, it, uh, as always, it depends. Uh, so there are tools out there that give you, um, the chance of having more in-depth 360 reviews and, uh, also collect and compare and whatnot. For example, in, uh, in my previous company, we were using, um, I wanted to say too fast culture amp and that tool gives you, um, much more thorough 360 review than uh, others I've seen. There's others that instead are really, really simple, let's say, hashtags. And it's what you just described. It was something that I was also using and spontaneously and doing myself during when we had uh, this uh, 360 review tool that was super heavy. I was like, okay, it's performance review time. This person hasn't had a 360 review in a year. It doesn't really matter. Let me go and check with uh, their peers. But I was also extending that to other people, not only the people in the same team. So if there were people that I knew had worked with this specific person, I would, even in other departments, I would just go and ask 
give me three things that this person is doing very well, uh, three things that, uh, and, and you wish them to continue doing three things that you think this person could have done differently. Okay. So you as the manager would basically reach out to other people. I would. Yes. Okay. Because um, here it's sort of the other way around. Do you get to do, to pick or nominate three people that you want a review from? So I was having my own data points <laughs> and I would add that the shadow 360 to, review. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I would add that to, uh, whatever I was getting from, uh, from throughout the year. Actually, this is something that I always encourage everybody to do. It's a tool that as a manager, you don't get to, to uh, that often at your disposal, Please, 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 if you see that someone on your team not only does something that they could do, but also does something that is awesome and you are grateful for that and you think they have done a great work, just drop a line to their manager. It makes a whole lot of difference uh, to hear directly in the moment uh, someone on your team has done great work and is collaborating and is doing this and that. This is stuff that as a manager, you can resell to uh, higher ups when it comes uh, to performance reviews or uh, promotion packages, uh, raise requests and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, the, the quotes on the website from, you know, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is what our customers say about us. That's exactly what you <laughs> That's yes. the effect, right? So please yeah. do that. It's, uh, it, it's, first of all, it for me, it was nice to hear that I knew that these were great people and I was uh, working with them to be the best they could. But hearing that directly from the customers was, uh, was even better. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was collecting all these things and, uh, in the, in Freeletics was also those the same way. So you as a, as a, an employee, you were given the possibility of, uh, having as many reviews as you wanted. Actually, you could send one, every month for uh, like the tool didn't care. And I think it's uh, at least once a year, it's something that everybody needs to, because it's really hard to grow if you don't have those checkpoints. And it's in general, it, so this is for yourself, but in general, as a manager to encourage this is these reviews act as a lubricant. Because not only people get to hear what others thinks, uh, think about them as good things, but it's also a chance for other people to, uh, to vent. It's really a valve to understand if there's something that is festering. You want to nip that in the bud as soon as possible. And these reviews also help with that. And sometimes it's just a misunderstanding, but if exactly for the reason that it's, uh, you know, uh, people feel weird about giving feedback, uh, you have to create these chances for people to do that. Yeah. We'll see how that turns out. So I'm currently in the middle of the process. Uh huh. So we had one week to sort of pick people that we want reviews from now. We sort of have two weeks to write the reviews. There was this somewhat funny uh, message by the HR person saying that, yeah, writing the review is super simple and shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. <laughs> That's <laughs> and everyone on the team laughed uh, when I brought it up because I don't know if we've done it ten times then maybe maybe then we we've 
learned how to do that, but <laughs> in no way can I write a review. And frankly, that's unrealistic. And I don't like, you want good data. You don't want yeah. shitty data. Shitty data doesn't give you any signal. So yeah. you want people to think. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's sort of, so this is currently where we are. And then we sort of, we just passed the first week mm-hmm. and then the week sort of for the next episode, I will probably have my performance reviews, but it's already mm-hmm. uh, nice to, as a reviewer, it's all already nice to think about reasons why you like or don't like working with people. Because you, in general, you just have this this feeling, yeah, works great with that person, doesn't work that well with the other person. But having to put that into words is actually also for you, you yourself, I think, a good exercise. Yeah, definitely. Uh, having that written down uh, allows, this is in general the trick with writing, it slows you down. You have to actually put the words out there so it's easy to ruminate about something you have to explain. It's not just, I don't like this person. <laughs> you actually have to reflect. And that also triggers some reflection about yourself. Uh, so all in all, it's a, it's a very powerful tool. Uh, one thing that I liked about working with Culture Amp was that, I mean, it took probably around about one hour to actually write a, a review for someone. But what I really liked was that you had the strength in the improvement session, the sections that were like, you had to take to uh, pick five. So it was a list of uh, characteristics about the person and you had to pick five uh, good things and three bad things. Let's call them this way. If you wanted, you could add something specific about why you pick that, that one specific uh, item out of the list. Plus, you could send this 360 not only to your peers, but also to your manager, to the manager of your manager, and to um, people outside of your team. So others, let's call it this way. It The tool would generate nice statistics. So And, and you had to do your own self-review. Mm-hmm. So you could really compare. You could see the data. I think I have mine somewhere. I could... I, I, I can share some of those things afterwards. Uh, you could really compare how you see yourself against what others see out of you. How much do you match your mental image? What of others have of you? For example, I o- I was always speaking things like I am not particular. I, I should improve my uh, my technical expertise, but that was something that in others people reviews was never an issue. Mm-hmm. You should still interpret the results. It could be that people, for example, didn't didn't see me as the person that needed to have that such a deep technical expertise. But it could also be that my technical expertise was good enough for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you could also see patterns, like maybe this person is collaborating very well within their team, but outside they're invisible. People don't really know them. So it's, uh, it was pain in the ass, but it was also uh, very well done because it relies less on people writing randomly and then you have to pick the patterns and instead it makes the pattern more, more evident uh, out there. Mm-hmm. One thing that concerns me and it's happening also in my current company is that 
or concerns me. But I, I don't, I have a strong belief it's not the right approach. Uh, also, because again, literature out there is to pair these reviews with the performance review. Um, because performance is about, it's literally about work. While I see the 360 reviews more of a tool for personal growth. And I wouldn't want to tie the two things that strictly together. Performance is the performance in your role. The reviews are for personal growth and that might or might not carry over to, to the performance. I mean, there's a correlation for sure. I wouldn't collide the two. Yeah. Um, it's also like if, if you were to combine them and you pick who is going to review you, you are just going to pick a certain exactly. <laughs> people, right? And not just, I don't know. I'm, I'm sometimes you are more curious about the reviews from the people where you sometimes have issues with, right? So mm -hmm. for, from, from a personal growth perspective, it's sometimes better to actually have those reviews. But if you think about performance, then maybe you are not going to do that. So that's, yes. that's true. <laughs> I see the performance as a performance in the role while reviews like this and development talks, those are more for the potential. So there's a bunch of research out there about, about the topic, but you know, it's like, and it also depends, you know, like when, so in, in my experience within my previous company was that we were also promoting for potential. So it wasn't too big of a deal. It's like if this person has potential, it's fine to try and promote them. Of course, they have to show some traits, but they don't have to hit the mark before, uh, completely before, uh, being promoted. Well, okay. in, in my current company, the, um, uh, we're moving more and more into this direction of, uh, promoting based on reality, right? It's like the performance in the role. So in order to get access to a certain level, we're coming up with the, our CTO is coming up with the framework right now with our input, of course, but you have to have at least this many, we're still deciding how much, but you have to show at least this much of a trait and then you can have access to the promotion. Mm -hmm. So if you have this kind of setup and then you do performance reviews and potential or development talks at the same time, it might not be exactly, it might not give you the same, the, the signal that like you always have to think about it. Let's, uh, let's say about what the, the kind of signal that you are, uh, that you're receiving. And as humans, we are biased and this is a risk of biasing people, uh, further. Yeah. I've actually have no personal experience with anything of that because I've, I've so sort of the first time where I work in a company that's big enough to actually have this sort of figured out and not just a tiny startup where you basically talk to your manager and say, Hey, can you give me more money? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what it comes down to <laughs> if you're a three person team or something. When the team and the company are small, that's still fine. Let's say when the company gets bigger, I think it's important. I mean, I don't, I don't think companies do this exactly for that reason, most of them. But I, I really believe that that's a chance of making things fairer across the board. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have these benchmarks that are similar for everyone, it's less likely that, that someone gets preferential treatment 
compare to others. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, gets gets important with the size mm -hmm. of the company. Yeah. Also, because as a manager, I found it uh, as a young manager, I found it. Um, how do I say this? It was helpful for me um, because I had to think about all my people and for every in my previous job for every promotion cycle or raise cycle i had to go through all of them and present all the people uh my manager in it wasn't only my manager but it was a set of different people but <clears throat> i had to present all of them uh to the to the room mm -hmm. all at the same time everything was very very transparent so we were talking explicitly about you know salaries we were talking about uh bonuses, potential, blah, blah, blah. And then you really try and, and to, to make this uh, as good as a picture of that specific person, but you also have this person in the context of all the people that work with. Um, so it's a, it's a team, uh, it's a team picture that, that you have. Uh, whilst if you have one off, you don't know who is going through the promotion cycle is, really is really easy to slip into uh it's like unless you have a manager that really pays attention to these things it's easy to become invisible yeah and you also want to make sure that you're not only rewarding the people who are good at speaking up and exactly sort of, uh sort of negotiating for themselves yeah mm -hmm. it's still something that it's uh it's happening don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, people that are more vocal uh, makes uh, a better life for themselves. It's not a bad thing. They are just doing <laughs> what everybody should do uh, in their own terms. But uh, it's it's definitely an advantage if you if you do that. All right. I guess that that is <laughs> what we want to cover. Wanted to yes. cover in this episode. I guess we will have a few more related to reviews and performance reviews and all that stuff as as the year comes to an end i guess as mm -hmm. <laughs> i would be this is a request for for the uh, listeners out there i would be really really genuinely curious about what uh what is the experience in your company because it would be a useful tool for me to uh learn about what else is happening out there and um I would really appreciate if you guys reach out. And you can do that by writing an email to hosts at expandingbeyond.it. Yes, you can. Or you <laughs> can contact Monica at kfmolly with an I on Twitter uh, or on my website, monicag.me or on LinkedIn. You find with me with my name and surname. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, you find my name <laughs> on <laughs> our website. <laughs> And in the show notes. In the show notes, yes. And um, yeah, or you can find me as always on GitHub and stuff like that as uh, at near ninth. That's me. Where about, what about you? And you can find me as UJH on Twitter, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. All right. So that's it, it. That's it for today. I will check if there's some sweets left that I can steal. Ha! <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, people.